This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Hello, Camp Pros. This is Olive Gregan, Summer and Family Camps Director at YMCA Camp Jewel. And I'm Matt Hansberger, Executive Producer of Podcasting at Go Camp Pro. And you are listening to First Class Counselors, a special series of the Camp Hacker Podcast. This series is for the camp directors to give to their counselors as they hire and prepare them for the upcoming summer. That's right, because as we always say, great camp directors know that counselors have the most important job at camp. Their abilities make or break a camper's week, and they hold the keys to a camper coming back year after year. You have turned into First Class Counselor's Quick Show. Here we cover a specific topic and cover the essentials as fast as we can. It's the need to knows. The can't go without. And the fundamentals. The basics. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about how to get from A to B. Experienced counselors who have felt it know that feeling of when one camper won't move in the morning or another is enjoying an activity so much that they can't leave. And the campers who just dig in and won't move, they just want to sit where they are. It is what makes a long day even longer and a bad day even worse. So we're going to talk about ways to make sure that you don't get stuck. That's right. So we are talking about camper transitions, getting from A to B. And what it really comes down to is, again, like we've said before, it's about being intentional. It's about making a plan and uh, finding a fun way to do it too. Because if you can get a kid's attention, make it creative and something different than they're used to, then that's all you need to know. So yeah, camper transitions. So Oliver, how are we going to break down this? It seems like something so small, but there's a lot to think about, isn't there? Yeah. So because there's so much to think about, I've kind of broke it down for us into four main points, four things to focus on. So the first one, just make sure you have all your campers, you know, how can you make that fun? How can you make that entertaining? But also how can you make sure that you're doing what is really important here? And that's keeping all of your campers supervised. Uh, number two in transition, how do you have fun from getting from a to B now, this is all over the map for us throughout the entire thing, but we're going to really focus on some games and things that you can play while you're moving from A to B. And then for number three, knowing your schedule. Where, where do you have to be and when do you have to be there? Knowing that schedule and being comfortable with it really lets you kind of play and have fun. And then finally, four, how do you handle a slow camper? How do you handle the common problems that happen when you're transitioning? That camper who does dig in or you get to a program or you get to where you need to be and maybe someone's already there or taking a little bit longer and you've got to spend some time kind of covering your bases while they finish up, clean up and get what they need to get done so that you can be accommodating to them and make sure that your campers are accommodating too. Are accommodating That's right. Too. Yeah. So Oliver, step one, we said having all your campers, that's definitely the first thing. So can you tell us some creative ways and some different things to keep in mind when you're trying to get all your campers and have them in one area to start with? Yeah. I've always been a big fan of theming your cabins. So, um, you know, having a taco cabin, a sandwich cabin, uh, those are two of the favorites that I've seen in the past and I've probably talked about on the show before, but every kid essentially gets an ingredient and you get to build a taco when you do roll call. So when you say roll call, someone says ground beef, somebody says lettuce, 
tomato, guacamole, and every kid kind of has their role within the cabin. Um, I've seen it go as far as those are the names of the kids for camp. And I've seen it that those kids become guacamole or guac for the years to come. So it just kind of becomes their camp name after a while. Um, but the really important thing is obviously if you're building something like a taco, you can't have your taco without, you know, its main ingredients. So if you're missing a camper and you're missing an ingredient, you really can't get moving. So that's one of my favorite ones. Um, and I just think the kids really enjoy it whenever I see them, you know, shouting out whatever their core ingredient is to you know, the overall build. Uh, something else I say is sing a song. You might choose a famous lyric of a specific song and each camper gets a word. The better and better they get at roll call, the better and better the song sounds because at first it may be something like, um, I'm having trouble thinking of a song mostly because I'm not a musically inclined person, but, uh, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Yeah. You could do Twinkle Twinkle. Usually like more of a modern song, like something, uh, like Twinkle Twinkle is a classic man. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so you, you pick like a pop song that kids are really into. Um, and then they sing the song and every kid gets a word or a few words to make it work. And if they get better and better, then it's like they're singing the song. Uh, a classic is the arch. So you get two counselors or two campers and they count as everyone goes through the arch and kind of like trying to show it. But uh, I don't know. If I put my hand yeah, I don't know if like, people can yeah, see our yeah. videos at the same time, but yeah. But yeah, you put your hands up and the kids walk through and as they walk through, you get a count and you just kind of get it. You get a good uh, number there. Make sure you're always doing a face count. So at least see everyone's faces as you're counting. You never want to have that kid who sneaks into your cabin and sneaks out of another. Uh, so just keep your eyes open for what face is saying what. Uh, another rule of thumb is make sure you have meeting locations. So typical areas might be like the waterfront. You should especially have one here uh, because if there ever was like an emergency call, do you want to be able to gather everyone really quickly and get them to one central location for yourself? Um, sometimes that's actually in your camp emergency plan already, but you just want to make sure you're on top of it with your campers, but also places like the dining hall and a rec areas where there's a little bit more free play and you watch over an area. It's really easy that when the bell rings or everyone's called in that your campers have a specific rock or a specific tree, or if you've listened to our videos in the past, uh, the really cool bag that keeps everyone's stuff in it and it makes a meeting location for you already. So, uh, <clears throat> you can always be on top of those things. So, uh, but uh, yeah, those are most of mine. Uh, you can also play circle games and that's just a good way to have everyone's face visible to you. So they meet at that meeting location, you play a circle game. The real point for our having all your campers is that you are doing a roll call. You know, you have all your campers, you know where they all are at all times. So if you are doing a roll call, but say you sent some, ba- um, some kids to the bathroom, you still know where they are. Um, so always be on top of it. Uh, a good rule that I normally tell staff is, Sometimes you want to do roll calls, so you know everyone's there and it's a nice, fun game that you can play. Sometimes you just want to make sure you're keeping roll call because the more and more and more you do roll call, the more of a governing body you are to your campers and they just get overwhelmed by it and bored by it. So you want to make sure you're not doing it all the time. Sometimes you really just have to do those face counts in your head by yourself and then you give yourself a thumbs up. And you're like, good, got everyone, let's go. Uh, Matt, what are some of the tricks that you kind of do? Yeah, I wanted to kind of build off of two two things that you just said there. Um, one, so you don't want it to get boring and you want it to be effective still. Um, I'm going to say this a couple of times in this episode, but one, you can have a camper um, call the roll call. You can have them be maybe a leader of the day and that leader of the day is responsible for making sure that the rest of the kids are there. Um, so then you have you know another kid 
doing that. And especially for that kid who um, loves that responsibility or wants to be a staff member someday, um, all those things are great for delegating some of that and uh, building responsibility in kids as well. And then uh, another thing that I should mention in terms of getting kids' attention and making sure that they you're able to do a headcount and get them to freeze, you can do um, things like a callback. So if I go da 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 da, that's right. Yeah. All you knew, all knew exactly what it was. Or like the repeating clap. Or um, when I was a, a counselor, Justin Bieber was like just getting big. I guess that says how old I am, but, uh, so we'd be like, baby, baby, baby. Oh, right. Um, so you can do anything like that or whatever, like a popular camp song is, um, you could use those things to get the kids attention and teaching them at the start of the week that that means freeze and eyes on you or eyes on whoever did it. That's a great way to get their attention. So you can do that camper count. Um, and the last thing I would say here is when you're, when you know a transition is coming up or anytime really, you can uh, just make sure that they're checking in with you. So you can say, Hey, if you need to go to the bathroom during this time, or if you need to do this, that's fine. Just check in with me before you go anywhere. Um, and if you need to take a buddy, then you can say, let me know who you're taking to the bathroom and then check in with me. This is important. Check in with me when you get back as well. Cause then you just have kids like letting you know where they are so that they're not just running off. And then your camp director comes and says, Hey, do you know where Sally is? Their mom's on the phone and they want to know how, how Sally's doing. And you're like, Oh, I don't know. But if you can say she's in the bathroom, she's with Taylor. She'll be back in a second. Um, that looks really good on your part and you're not floundering in front of your camp director. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember a counselor who would always show off. They did the classic sticky, sticky flypaper, but they got their cabin to learn it really, really well. So they could be then at a rec area or something where it's, you know, everyone's kind of playing basketball or gaga or wiffle ball, like soccer, whatever it might be. And there's, you know, at this at Camp Jewel, there's 300 campers there. So it's a little bit hard to get everyone's attention, but they could stand in the middle of the basketball court, yell sticky, sticky flypaper. And their, you know, 10 campers knew exactly what to do. They ran as fast as they could towards them and you know, got stuck to the counselor. So uh, there is so many different ways to get people's attention, which is also super important, which I'm really happy you brought up because I didn't think about it before the podcast. I, I think it really just comes down to like, just don't be boring, right? Like you are not, there are so many times where I've walked in to a place where there's a group of kids and people are trying to get their attention and they're just saying, Hey, uh, Hey guys, Hey guys, or they're raising their hand and waiting, which, which works sometimes. But I think like that's part of the spirit of camp too. Those callbacks, those cheers, those attention getters, those fun ways. Um, and it just gets kids to buy in and encourages that positive behavior without having to seem like you're frustrated with them. Right. So. Yeah. The, I think one of the worst things you can do in those attention getter moments is you're trying to get everyone's attention. You have pretty much everyone's attention, but say like, one small group of kids who are still talking and instead of, you know, just keeping everybody's attention, you stop holding everyone's attention and you go up to those kids and you kind of go up to them and be like, Hey, I'm trying to talk. Can you focus on up here? Because now you just lost 20 more kids on the other side of the room that you're trying to get attention for when you're in that, that large group setting. Um, those kids yeah. probably need to get addressed, but that's where you have like your co-counselors off to the side. who's got to go to those kids and be like, Hey, Shh, quiet down. There's someone up in front and there's 300 people trying to listen and you're the three people who are kind of causing the problem. Um, yeah. I think that's like a being the best coworker you can be. If you see someone else trying to get somebody's attention or like count kids, you need to not be that distraction as well and be 
A, be an example of listening and B, be on guard for whenever kids aren't paying attention. And for me, that goes for any time, for campfire, for announcements or those things where we expect kids to be listening. Um, so if you're a coworker or you're another staff member sitting in between kids who are talking or just like stepping in and not saying anything, you can do that silently and kids will get the picture. Right. All right. So if we get all of our kids together and we're ready to get from A to B and all of our kids are willing to move, uh, what are some things we could do along the way? Because it's kind of boring if you just walk from A to B. What kind of things do you do for fun, Matt, on that trail or on that path to make sure that the kids are having a good time and they actually enjoy the moving back and forth? That's right. Don't be boring, right? There's always a fun thing that you can do and camp is fun and we should, we should really jam pack it in. Um, the first thing I, I'll contradict myself in a second is make sure that you leave some room for conversation with kids as well um, and give them some structured things that they can like chat about in small groups or large groups. But the point of this is no matter what you're doing, um, you're getting, you're keeping their attention on something so that they're not um, tempted to uh, wander off from the group or um, do something that's going to slow you down, which we'll cover at the end. But so for me, a big thing is transition games. Um, so one of my favorites is acid river, um, where somebody just yells acid river and you can't be touching the ground at the count of five. So someone yells acid river, five, four, three, two, one. And if you're touching the ground in that time, then you are in acid. Um, you can call it hot chocolate river if, if you don't want to talk about acid, but, um, and then you can, you can do it a couple of times during the thing. And it's not about like who wins or who loses really. It just kind of keeps their attention. Um, you can also play, uh, if you're like, go, this is perfect for going across a big field. Uh, it's called, some people call it lungs for life or lungs of life or um, big scream. I don't know. Whatever it is, you have the campers line up all the line. And the goal is um, when you say lungs for life, in one breath, they have to yell and run as fast and as far as they can. Uh, so they take a deep breath in and scream and run. And it's so much fun to see just a big whack of kids running across the field. It's a great photo opportunity for your camp photographer as well to see kids just like howling and running across the field. Um, and that'll definitely get them from A to B because they definitely want to get as fast as possible, uh, there as fast as possible. Um, and the other thing that you could do is the, uh, there's, I'm not sure if you've heard of a thumb ball before, but basically it's just like a question ball that has um, questions built into different parts of it. So it's written on there and wherever your thumb, thumb lands, then that is the question that you answer. And you, you can buy them. A lot of the adventure or like processing tools places will have these, but you can also just make your own by getting like a, a Walmart, one of those plastic balls and just writing questions on it. And then they can pass them back and forth with the cabin as they go. So basically it's just keeping their, uh, keeping their attention and promoting conversation as well. And then the last thing I would suggest is a, um, a scavenger hunt. So having a little printed out scavenger hunt of things that kids can see as they go is a great way uh, to keep them occupied and be looking around and checking out nature. So if you know the types of trees, if you know the different animals or different birds that you might see, it's a great way to keep them, uh, to keep them occupied, keep the brains occupied as you're traveling. Yeah. What about no, you? Like, no, there's so many that you just said that I know. And I was like, Oh yeah. And we just have different names, which I thought was really funny. Like yeah. acid river. I, we call it a um, flash flood or the floor is lava. So yeah. Yeah. Really common ones. Um, yeah. Transition games are huge when you're walking. Cause you don't want to be, like you said, boring, 
Uh, some of my favorites are simple ones like red light, green light. People forget, but for younger kids, that's a lot of fun. And the best part about that one is the kids all stop. So you can, again, do a head count while they're stopped. You're like, all right, cool. I got everybody sweet. Nobody's lagging super far behind and gives time for everyone to catch up as well. Uh, camouflage is another favorite one of mine. So that's the one where you might be walking down a path and you can see there's some nice places to kind of hide, but there's still some pretty clear visibility. You just yell camouflage. And then you close your eyes as a counselor, which is the scariest 10 seconds of your life because you don't know where the kids are going to go, but they're all playing the game, so it's pretty safe. And they stay within the area, but they hide behind a rock or a tree or a bush or something. The rule for us is there's always like an exposed piece of skin and you can or clothing so that the, that the counselor can always see. And then the counselor's job is to try and find people who are hiding pretty close by. But the goal of the campers is to be as close as possible without being seen. Um, some cool like bonus rounds you can do with it is you might close your eyes again and yell migration and the kids got to move and find a new place to hide, try to get a little bit closer. And then eventually you yell sticky, sticky flypaper and all the campers come in and whoever can tag you first is the winner. And, but the whole goal is how many campers can uh, hide from you. Uh, some of the simple ones are like, we're going to walk like ducks or crabs or something weird or bears down the road and try and scare others. I always like doing the, uh, West Side Story, I get all my campers to line up in a straight line across like the road or the trail. And then as another cabin comes closer, I have them all do this, snap their fingers <laughs> and move forward towards them. If you don't know West Side Story, it's like the classic street fight dance scene. Sharks and uh, jets. Yeah. Uh, another great one is just to freeze. So you just yell freeze and then you can uh, move your campers' bodies into weird ways so they look funky. Um, I love Andy's coming. You just shout Andy's coming as long as you can. It's from Toy Story. And all your campers drop to the ground and you, they just pretend like they're the toys in Toy Story uh, whenever a human arrives. Nice. Uh, a good conversation one when you're walking is what's my story. And I love doing this alone with campers. You pick a relatively famous movie usually like a disney movie or something and you tell that story as if you're the main character so you might say something like i was in a beautiful kingdom that was always summer and then un unfortunately there's my sister had um this crazy power and she just kept freezing things all the time and at that point like they would catch on that it's probably frozen but you'd be a little more inconspicuous as you tell the story and eventually they one kid kind of goes in and goes hold on a second. And you're like, you got me. And it's just that good moment, but they don't realize that they're just listening to a really cool story as you're walking down and you already have the outline for the story. Cause you've watched probably every Disney movie there ever was. Um, and then finally a nice one that I like is if you go to home Depot, you can get free paint chips, like to design walls and stuff, grab a bunch of those and then give those to your campers. And as you guys walk down, um, if they see a color they think might match one of the paint chips you have. And that means they're moving towards a location because they're trying to find like different colors. You're not going to find all the colors in one spot. You got to move to find stuff. So that's a lot of transition games that I really like. Um, yeah. But there are of course, like there's hundreds of transition games that you can look up, find, um, don't hold yourself back. Um, but if we're going to move on. The next really important thing is you got to know your schedule, right? You need to know where you got to be, when you got to be there, because there's somebody who's going to be like, where is cabin, such and such because it is time for swim. Um, so you got to know that schedule and it really helps with your transition. So Matt, what are some things that you know come from the power of knowing your schedule? 
Yeah. So I, I have a couple, I have a couple thoughts here about just like knowing the, the ins and outs of a schedule and then how to like creatively work with that schedule. Um, so one thing I'll go back to what I said in the first point was picking a leader of the day um, for the schedule. So I would always recommend making sure a schedule is posted in your cabin. And um, on that schedule, you can write down who the leader of the day is for each person. So that person is a in charge of knowing when everyone is and where everyone is and B they're like the keeper of the schedule and you can give them like a special paper copy of your schedule and you can see if you can get it printed on like nice colored paper for them. And that's their special schedule. And then they'll help you stay on track for your schedule. Um, and then in terms of just a mentality to have with your schedule is plan on transitions taking a little bit longer than you would think. Um, especially so you're considering, you know, how far you're moving to get from A to B and also the needs of your campers, right? So they, when campers are done an activity, their brains are resetting and they're thinking about their physical needs in that moment. So they might be hungry. They might need to go to the bathroom. They might need to get a drink of water. And those are all things that you need to build in time so that you're not getting to the next session. And then half of your kids are running off because they need to go to the bathroom. So making sure that um, you're talking with the programmer or whatever's happening during that time. So if you're like ending rest hour or something like that, you should end maybe five minutes early to see if anyone needs to go to the bathroom or fill their water bottles or those kinds of things. Um, and on the water bottle, making sure that kids have water bottles because that will um, keep you on schedule um, from them having to go back to the water fountain back and forth. Um, and then the last thing I would say with a schedule is if you're going to go, uh, so two things, if you're going to go off schedule, make sure you're checking in with the people that are depending on you to be on schedule. So if you're going like on an out lunch, which is a wicked way to um, do something special to set up like a blanket in the woods and have like a teddy bear picnic or a, um, like a secret agent buffet dinner um you can be much more creative than me in that moment but to do something creative uh like that just making sure that um you can do that but letting someone know um i when i was a camper one of one of our uh, other cabins their whole week they had very little scheduled on the pegboard um like the the activity board and they were off their counselor had them off like in the woods creating their own sleep out site like digging a campfire pit and clearing brush and stuff like that, which was awesome, except they didn't let the camp directors know where they were. So they were missing for two meals and we almost blew the emergency search horn um, because they just didn't, they didn't know where they were. And the kids were having a blast. No one really had thought about it, but they had seen one camper come back to the bathroom and they're like, Hey, where's everybody else? So if you're going to go off schedule and do creative things, that's a great thing to do. Just make sure you tell who's in charge. Yeah. No, yeah. Communication, obviously, always an important thing to do. Yeah. Um, I think there's so much power that comes from knowing your schedule though. Cause if you have a basis of something to work off, if you can do really creative things, uh, for example, one that I really love is I've seen secret missions, right. Or treasure hunts. So, you know, the night before, you know, you have to be at the waterfront at such and such a time, you know, like the pro progression of your schedule. So you can write down a bunch of strange clues that leads them in their daily schedule. So it's set like, you know, if you're at lunch and then the next activity you have is siesta, you simply can write a clue down that says, go to where you rest the most to shut your eyes and be ready for the rest. Some, you know, something really simple. And then you come back to the table with a bowl and you're like, you guys, I just found this in my cereal. And you're like, whoa, 
we got to go there. And the kids all hop on board. And then guess what? When you get to siesta, halfway through your siesta, your rest hour, whatever you want to call it, you find another magical clue or you hide a clue in a camper's like pillow or something and they find it. And they're like, oh my God, it, it's a clue. What does it say? What does it say? It's like, go to where the most water is. And it means you have to go to swim. And they just followed that throughout the whole day. And eventually you just end up back at the cabin or something. And there's some type of prize like Oreos or something. But, you know, the entire day is anticipation for where's the next clue. Um, So much so that you get to activities, maybe it gets a little overboard and they're looking for clues instead of doing the activity, but at least they're having a good time sometimes. Um, Make sure you have a written version of your schedule. So you know where you are all the time. That was a quick transition by me. Uh, But yeah, so you can get ahead of it if campers are going to have issues. So if you know your camper um, really doesn't, they're a very picky eater and you know lunch that day is going to be something they're not going to eat, you can start gearing up for it. Either A, by making that meal really exciting and saying like, oh man, cold cut sandwiches are the best. You know, let's think of all the creative things we can put on our sandwiches today. Or B, you can go up to that camper and be like, hey, look, I know it's cold cuts today. You're not a big fan of sandwiches, what's something that we can do for you at lunch today so I can have you eating at the same time as everybody else. And that keeps your schedule rolling. Uh, you know, try to make sure that, you know, there's something special every single day. You want to make sure that your campers are going to be excited. Um, something that they can do around camp. Uh, one really cool idea is writing letters of caring. So you write down, thank you to the kitchen staff or thank you to the lifeguards at the waterfront, whatever it might be, so that you can go and give them these notes that A, your campers are excited to give them because it's a positive thing. B, it's also just a positive thing. So you're making the rest of camp a lot happier because of your work. Um, And then really another important one is make sure that you're not taking on the entire responsibility of moving your cabin by yourself. Mm -hmm. This is a really stressful thing to do as a counselor. You have a co-counselor for a reason. So make sure that you guys are talking to each other about who's handling what and when, and that those responsibilities are equally distributed. So something as simple as waking up in the morning, break it up, say you're going to handle, you know, that first 15 minutes so I can sleep until seven 15, but then the next day I'm going to take the first 15 minutes and I can get an extra 15 minutes of shut eye. Um, those are great ways to make sure that both of you are reasonably taking on responsibilities within your cabin. Um, and it's all communication. It goes back to one of those core things that we always talk about communication, planning, stuff like that. Uh, do you have something else, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. I, the phrase uh, first and then is really helpful sometimes when you know your schedule. Um, if you have a camper that really doesn't want to do something or um, they are they knowing the schedule helps for them, you can say it. So say they don't, they really, really don't want to do arts and crafts and that's what's on the schedule. Uh, that's what's coming up. And maybe it's, it's a siesta or rest hour. And, and you can see they're, they're getting a little agitated and you say, Hey Billy, what's up? Like, I don't want to go to arts and crafts. Well, you can look at the schedule and you can say, okay, well, First, we're going to go to arts and crafts, and then it's swim time, and I know you love swimming. So we'll go to arts and crafts first, and then go swimming, and that is a huge like way to, to get a kid just refocused and get them going. Um, so first and then. Okay. All right. Um, so let's say we get to that point where we have done a lot of things to make sure transitions are going well, but you know, we have eight campers or 10 campers in the cabin. Someone's going to have a bad day. They're not going to move. They don't want to go to the next activity, whatever it might be. 
we're, we've been master counselors, but at this point, this, this camper is kind of dug in the route or, you know, we're moving to our activity and we get there and it's covered up. So what are some things that we can do when our transition just doesn't go that well or as planned? Matt, what do you got? Yeah. So a lot of the time, I think you'll hear me say this on this podcast is it's about planning, right? So knowing where your common pitfalls are going to be. So you're going to, you will know early on who that forgetful camper is, um, what those campers need. And um, you can then start to anticipate those needs. So if a kid always, always, always forgets a hat, then you're going to make them a little checklist or a checklist for the whole cabin that says, do we have our hat? Do we have water bottle? Do we have sunscreen? Just those things that they're not going to have to run back to the cabin and get them. Um, that also goes for camper meds and EpiPens and things like that. Uh, because if whatever your policies are, they might be different per camp. Uh, it's really important that you... Um, you have those things and that you're passing them off to someone if you're not the sole person in charge of that kid. So making sure that you have those so that there's not a weird break in the schedule where like you have to run all of a sudden and you have someone else like, Hey, can you watch my kids? I forgot this. Uh, it's just chaos and you can be better. Uh, the other thing is um, with campers spreading out while you're transitioning or if they're not in the same place, Oliver, you mentioned um, red light, green light. There was a, a counselor who did something brilliant. The kids loved red light, green light, which is, it always surprises me how much kids love something simple like that. And then he added purple light. And for whatever reason, purple light meant it was like the sticky, sticky fly paper, but it's part of the game, red light, green light. It, all the kids are supposed to get back to them as soon as possible, um, which was brilliant. So the other thing is if a camper, if they're starting to spread out too, you can say, um, okay, use your co-counselor or use another kid for it. Um, and you can say, you can go, you have to be in front of that person, but behind this person. But anywhere you want in between is all good. We're going to make a giant grilled cheese or a giant hamburger, and these are the two buns. Um, that's a way to do it. And then the last thing I would say is knowing issues kind of t I talked about like bathrooms and, and water bottles and stuff is just making sure, you know, based on the age of your campers, um, that they're going to need to go to the bathroom or going to need to fill their water bottles more frequently. Right? Like if you have a cabin of five to nine year olds, they're going to need to use the bathroom a lot. And you want to do that to avoid accidents and things like that. So making sure that Anytime, what I always tell, uh, tell staff is anytime you see the bathroom, you ask about the bathroom. Um, anytime you see the water fountain, you ask about the water fountain. Anytime you see the dining hall, ask if people need a snack, if that's something you have available at your camp. Just making sure that you're being aware of your camper's needs um, because it's really easy to just constantly be like, go, 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 get to this place, get to this place. And then you forget about those important things in between. Okay. Yeah, I think though having all those things you need is really, really important. One of the things that I usually advise is make sure you have a backpack on you as a counselor, something that you can carry stuff with, and then having that backpack the things that campers will commonly need because you don't know if you're going to be, you know, at the waterfront and all of a sudden someone doesn't need sunscreen. Um, hopefully your camp might have some sunscreen down there or something like that because it's more important to make sure the camper doesn't burn than it is to you know, be like, oh, what do we do now? We don't have any sunscreen. Uh, you know, get the sunscreen, get it on the camper. Don't stress about it too much. But if you have it on like your backpack already and it's something that you know your camper can use, you're set and ready to go. And there are a lot of things you can put in that pack. You can put bug spray. You can have your first aid kit if, you, if you're allowed to have those on your first aid trains. Um, meds, if your campers need those and you carry them, like you said, it's all about what your camper is allowed. That snack, if that camper gets hungry, 
you know, an apple or something can work a miracle um, because everyone gets hangry. It's all about cracking that secret code that campers are speaking. They don't really know what they need, but they know they're upset. They know they're angry. They know they're mad. They know they can't function right now. They just might not know why. It might be because it's too hot. It might be because they're hungry. It might be because, you know, they can't tie their shoes. And as you as a counselor, you've got to be the person who's going to be there and be like, hey, I can help you out with this. Um, that's really important. <clears throat> Another thing that I learned too is, and this is a thank you, shout out to Bob Ditter, but it's called dropping the rope. And it's, you know, kids are fishing for things all the time. So if they're upset and they're not moving, there's probably something going on. If they don't want to go to that area or they don't want to move from what they're doing right now. So you got to realize what's wrong with them. What's that rope that they're tugging onto and not willing to let up. And you kind of got to drop that rope, let them take in what they need to take in and be like, all right, cool. Tell me how I can help you out. Um, from there, another Bob Ditter one was the walk and talk, which is a favorite of mine. It'd be really surprising if you just offered to the camper, hey, do you want to walk and talk to me about this problem as we move to this location? Um, <clears throat> I've used Broadway in the past. I'm not going to say I'm below it, um, but saying, hey, if you can move to this location, that would really help our cabin out. And if you do that, then I'll let you sit over there and you can relax. So you kind of give them some options. It's a negotiation. You need to know what you're willing to give up and what you can give up. You're not going to promise that kid like an ice cream social just to themselves. Um, but you can get them moving by saying something as simple as like, you know, you don't have to do the next activity. It's your choice. This is challenge by choice. If you want to relax on the sideline in the shade, that's okay with me. But right now, if you want to hold everything up, we're not going to be able to get moving and get to do those kind of things in the future. And I think you said it really well that, you know, first this, then this is a really good way to kind of negotiate with campers and get them to understand, oh, I can move. Um, and it's really important sometimes your campers do dig in. I've 100% had those situations where the camper is just not willing to move. And no matter what you say or do, it's not increasing anything. They're just digging deeper and trying to, you know, stay right there. And at a certain point, I think it's best sit and wait. You know, you don't have to talk. You don't have to say that special thing. You don't need to be a miracle counselor who knows exactly what to do. Sometimes people just need time. And it happens with adults. I think it also happens with kids. You know, sometimes you just kind of be there or close by and let them kind of do what they need to do. As long as they're being safe, they're not running off, they're not going to hurt somebody else. It's okay. Just wait a little bit. Make sure coverage is settled for the rest of the kids in your cabin. You know, if that's your co-counselor taking them away or you ask another cabin to say like, hey, can you take my cabin over here? That's, we're going in the same direction. Can you at least get them moving? I got to be with this camper right now. I'll get my coordinator, my leadership staff member over here, whoever I need to, to help out with this situation. But right now we're just going to let him relax. So really important to realize. Uh, so I think that's most of our stuff for today. We've covered pretty much everything. Hopefully we did it pretty quickly. Um, but now it's time for that get ready section of our show where how do you get ready for summer camp now? And it's really important. So Matt, what is something that you could start doing right now if you were a counselor to be ready for when summer camp starts coming up? Mm, yeah, so we are recording this uh, to be released around kind of mid-November, which is when um, you're probably thinking right now about a summer camp job. Um, and if you're not thinking about summer camp jobs, directors are thinking about summer camp jobs right now, right? Where uh, directors are kind of, we're starting to think about hiring or in the middle of hiring right now. So what I would suggest to you as a counselor is start to think about your interview. 
Um, I want you to this week predict uh, maybe three interview questions that your uh, camp director is going to ask you and uh, come up with some answers for them. So I'll give you three of my favorite interview questions for you to start thinking about some answers. So number one, where will you need the most help in the job you're applying for this summer? Um, directors want to see that uh, that you don't think you're perfect, and that you, but you also know yourself really well in this way. So think about that. Number two, tell me about something you're proud of. Um, this is a, a really open-ended question that they could ask, but it's a great one because it gives you because what directors are doing by asking this question is that they're trying to get a real life experience from you. So think of something. Um, in your life that you are proud of and do not make something up because if you get caught fibbing on this one, then that's, you know, that's kind of kiss that camp job goodbye. But think about something that you're really proud of that shows off some of the skills and the characteristics um, that they are looking for in that job. So if you are applying maybe to be a program coordinator or maybe a program director or even a camp counselor, just a general camp counselor, think about a time maybe where you were really proud of the responsibility that you took. And if it involves kids, that's a great one as well. Um, so tell me about something you're proud of. And the third one is why do you want to work at camp? That is like the go-to first question that a lot of people will ask. And in your answer, you better say something about kids. Um, I can't tell you how many interviews I've done where the first person, they're like, oh, it's just, you know, a good summer job and uh, I'm excited to have fun and uh, see my friends from last summer. Nope. If you are like applying for a job with many camp staff. So if I, if I had um, 100 people apply for 50 jobs, if you don't mention, mention kids in that very first question, then that's going to put up a red flag and move your resume down the stack um, because you are here for the kids. That is your 100% job. Um, and if you're only going back to camp because you want to hang out with your friends, maybe that's not the right reason to go back. Maybe you need to kind of reevaluate that. So um, yeah really think of maybe even think about that before you're thinking about applying to camp but those are three questions that you can think of now to get ready for your interview yeah and that's super helpful information the entire time you were going over those questions like yep those are the same things i ask or i'm gonna ask something around that area and you know the answers to those questions are you know in some cases the most important answers and are make it break it for a lot of job applications out there so yeah and keep your eyes and you're brainstorming too, right? You're really, you're being intentional about thinking about what you want to do this summer too. And I think that'll give you some clarity on, is this the right job that I'm like, right job within camp that I'm applying for? Um, yep. So, yeah. Yeah, no, super. Uh, yeah, for me, it, mine's really easy because you're, I know I always talk about technology or at least I'm not a huge fan of technology myself, um, especially in the camping area. But something that is really important is we do live in a tech, technological world and camps are always looking to have a positive reflection of themselves in that world. So something really easy you can do is just go online, find camp social media, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Google is a really big one. Um, and just hit the like button, you know, give them five stars or whatever you think they deserve um, and post a comment below and let your camp know that, there is somebody out there who thinks they're doing a really good job. It helps boost those scores. And the last few weeks for me have been a lot about uh, Google analytics and like YouTube views and how it, if you get better ratings, your score goes up and you're more likely to go up the charts on whatever people are searching. 
So those algorithms are really important and it helps a lot to have good likes. Uh, so you as a counselor who hopefully have had a positive review of the camp you work at can do a helpful thing and go onto your camp's uh, medias and just say, hey, it's a good camp. You should go here. First of all, Oliver, I love that you said medias. That's, a, I think, that that's a good one. Uh, the YouTubes, go on to the YouTubes. And I was also going to say, that's pretty gutsy if you, like, leave a two-star review and they're like, I would also like a job here. Like, well, okay, all right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's something there that you should be sharing your opinion about. <laughs> yeah, right? There's something that you didn't put in your end-of-the-summer review that probably should have been in there at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, it's I. It's crazy. It's so important to have a good review on those websites, or no mm-hmm. campers show up. And if no campers show up, camps don't need to hire as much staff. So mm-hmm. you know, it is a little bit of a defense of your job. But also, you know, if you really love a place, what does it take to do five minutes to make sure you hit them up on the medias and the medias? Uh, yeah, I, what do you call it? So uh, the internet. I, I don't know, but I think we should get like a ha- the media's hashtag going. Get yeah. ready for the media. I, I think, can I jump in? I want to, I know um, we're definitely not at the 25 minute mark, but that's okay. Um, if you're still tuning in at this point, God bless you. Um, but the other thing I would say about the media's um, is that make sure that your medias at this point are pretty squeaky clean um, because camp directors are going to be looking at your social media and beyond the reason that you just want to get a job, um, you should really think about what kind of person, how you're displaying yourself online. And what I say to camp staff all the time is that if you are talking positively about camp in any of your social media channels, then you are a representative of camp. If there's any indication online that you've worked at your camp, and then you're also also posting stuff that's either illegal or inappropriate or not quite becoming of someone who works with children and takes care of them, then, I don't know, for me, if I saw that on social media, I tell our staff and I say, hey, you're representing this camp, you're representing our camp, and this is not a good representation. So you need to clean this up or lock it down and not having yourself um, associated with that stuff because there's nothing worse than seeing a camp counselor take, uh, have their camp shirt on while they're drinking a beer or something like that. So really, really lock down that social media and make sure that you're being the person and representing your camp the best that you can as well. It's a huge pet peeve of mine. So thanks for letting me go on my rant. Well, no, it's important because, you know, a parent who doesn't know you is going to judge you a lot harder than, you know, say, your co-counselor or even your camp director. Cause your camp director is like, Oh, I know them. They're of age, you know, personal relationships all aside kind of a deal, but you know, it's the look of the company, which is really important. It's um, as Disney calls them, no smoking Cinderella's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that goes, man, we should do a whole episode on like representing your camp. Well, but right. right, Like wearing your teeth, your camp t-shirt in the community. Um, even if you're walking, like I'm, I'm so aware that if I'm wearing like my Pierce Williams sweater that I'm wearing right now, I live in the community that Pierce Williams draws from. So if I'm walking down the street, um, with a bunch of friends and I'm wearing Pierce Williams stuff, um, I'm very aware of what I'm saying and how I'm talking and how I'm presenting myself because, um, I would never want to be the reason that a camper or that a parent chooses to not send their kids to camp. Right. So, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. So on that note, if you enjoyed today's show, we would be so grateful if you would go on to camphacker.tv slash love, that link will get a tweet ready for you to talk all about the show and how great it is. Remember five stars on the medias. 
Yes, five stars on the medias. Um, and your reviews, especially on iTunes or wherever you get uh, your podcasts, are really important to us to tell, help tell people um, about the show. And we would love it if you um, would send us one of those reviews. And I'm going to give a listener challenge for this episode that if you really uh, like the show or if you were even listening, I want you to email me your favorite emoji. I don't, I don't want anything in the subject line. I just want your favorite emoji and I'll send you something special. Okay, so uh, Matt at GoCamp.pro. If you have some feedback about the show, I'll allow that too. So uh, an emoji and some feedback. Send that to me and I'll send you something special. Oliver, if if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, They're just going to hit me up at my Facebook, which is always the number one way to do it. But if not, uh, you can just hit me up at Oliver.Gregan. That's G-R-E-G-A-N at G-H-Y-M-C-A dot org that's right and don't forget that you can find our show notes at camphacker.tv slash podcast and you can find our show notes and all of our past episodes um kind of mixed into the camp hacker uh podcast feed in there okay all right perfect that's our show uh good day and have a wonderful night remember camp is camp and camp's all good First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, Summer Camp Leadership Training and Marketing Consultants. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Rose, we love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, we hope that whenever you share an idea that you learn from the Camp Hacker podcast, conference, Summer Camp Professionals Group, or wherever else, that you're quick to give credit where credit is due. That way, we can all encourage more camp pros to share the tips and tricks that will make camp better.